0: What have you got there, mate? Just a glass of wine.
1: Alright, right. How is it?
0: It's alright, I guess. I mean, obviously it's not really delicious like a pint from Beer 52.
1: Well, it's a good job that this episode of Podcast Secrets of the Pharaohs is sponsored by Beer 52, the world's
0: number one beer club. With Beer 52, you'll receive a case of beer every month featuring craft beers from all over the world, including Belgium, California, New Zealand and more. As well as getting
1: eight free beers, you'll also receive the award-winning magazine Ferment, as well as a couple
0: of different snacks. Perfect for a night in, or... An innocent picnic in the park. For the last time, it was a picnic. You couldn't see the snacks. We had two different types
1: of snacks. Best of all, you can pause or cancel your membership at any time, so you don't need to worry about the ombudsman coming to get you if you want to take a break from your membership.
0: So seriously, what are you waiting for? If you want to get started with a free case of beer, head to beer52.com forward slash peep to access your first case for free. Eight beers, Beer 52. Eight! That's insane. All you need to do is pay the £5.95 for postage. And don't worry if you're not a fan of dark beers, there is a light option available.
1: So that's beer52.com forward slash peep to get your first Beer 52 case for free.
0: Poor me. Poor me. pour me another glass from Beer 52. Cheers. Cheers.
2: Hello, I'm Robert Webb, and you're listening to Podcast Secrets of the Pharaohs.
0: Hello, and welcome back to a brand new series of Podcast Secrets of the Pharaohs, a podcast all about reviewing and discussing the British sitcom Peep Show. My name's Tom Harrison, and as always, I'm joined by Rob Graham. Hello! So, we have been out of action for quite a while after wrapping up Series 5, and this is the first time that we've recorded together. We are, we're back, back together. Um, Social distancing, of course. Of course, yeah. Uh, but yeah, really, really good to be back recording in person rather than over Skype. Uh, when was the last time we recorded together? I Danette? looked
1: back through our previous episodes. The last time we'd recorded in person was the Series 3 and 4 wrap-up. And that was, I think, the end of February, beginning of March. And we were just about to start coming back with Series 5. Or we were just in the middle of our break when coronavirus really hit. Like, I know I listened back to our Series 3 and 4 ranking episode and we were referencing coronavirus in that. But I think nothing much had really happened in the UK at that point.
0: Right. It was
1: just starting to gather a bit of momentum in the UK if that's the right phrase, <laughs> yeah. um, whereas then we sort of... It really escalated in the UK between us having the end of that series and coming back
0: with Series 5. Yeah. And so we realised we weren't going really to to see each other. And yes, because I remember it was the night before... Lockdown was the night before we recorded with Robert Webb, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, so stuff had really started to shut down. We were planning on meeting up to do the interview and all of a sudden it was like no you can't go you can't leave your houses and so yeah. we had to really sort of recalibrate how we recorded and and move forward but yeah and no, a lot's happened since then we we talked about it in our series 5 episodes but a lot happened during lockdown in terms of the podcast we had a lot of guests a lot of guests lined up that haven't happened but organised as a result of the lockdown happening
0: um yeah, big time. So people, yeah, would have seen some of the benefits of that uh, between this series and last. But we've still got a few more up our sleeves, haven't we? That will come out at the end of this series. We
1: have. So we'll we'll keep. Well, we haven't really kept them under wraps.
0: No, we has quite. A, when I look back on the edit, I realized we we've done quite a poor job of <laughs> keeping some of them a secret. So you probably know. If... And I think everyone knows. I think we haven't
1: kept the the big name under wraps particularly well. But I feel like if I say it on a podcast, it might jinx it happening. (laughs) So, in theory, we've got... He must not be named. (laughs) Yeah, we've got uh, David Mitchell himself coming on, hopefully between this series and Series 7. But now I've I've said that, it it probably won't happen. (laughs) He's too beautiful a man just to let go.
0: Oh dear, right. Uh yeah, so we are back with series six. We are over halfway through the, the run of Peep Show now, which is kinda of scary to think of. But um yeah, we, we've you know, we've achieved quite a lot actually, haven't we? We've got a lot of a lot of cool stuff that's happened. Yeah, and when I looked back at our sort of our calendar of things that had happened, I was thinking
1: it was only like May twenty nineteen that we had Patterson Joseph on. Mm. And that seems like a lifetime ago, considering everything that's happened. And I remember us being like giddy kids. We're like, oh my God, we've actually got somebody from the cast who's actually going to come on. And not just anybody from the <laughs> cast, it's Johnson. And like looking back, that's that seems so long ago. And so many big names have happened since then. It's, it's, it, every time we record and every time we have a guest... It's just surreal to Yeah, me.
0: I remember us cheering when we finished that phone call yeah. with Patterson. Yeah. And now we've had you know, not to diminish the Patterson one at all, it's actually, you know, one of my absolute favourites that we've done, but we've also had you know, we thought that was like, Oh my god, this is that the biggest thing we'll ever do and we've yeah. actually managed to hit that level like multiple times since, which is really exciting. Um, cool, so yes, we've been out for a while. Uh, let's the patrons, of course, supporting, um, as always, so we'll give it a shout-out to you guys at the top of the episode. So, yeah, a big, big thank you to our 18 patrons that we have now. So we've got Jonathan Gardner,
1: Ian Harrison, Tim Chamberlain, Jessica Isler, Thomas Burton, Toby Irving, Michael Collins, John Fraser, Joel Johansson-Byberg, Alex Watson, Doug Simpson, Daniel Thompson, Laurie Johnson, Trisha Atenzia, Mike
0: Kavanagh, Dave Pink... Robert Horvath and the OG Darren Friedrichs. Lovely job. Shout out to all you guys supporting us as always. We really appreciate that. Uh, so, of course, we're going to kick off with episode one of series six, which is called Jeremy at JLB. Um, so let's start off with a synopsis for that. Tired of staring at his winkle all day, Jeremy finally gets another job after Mark puts on his manager's hat to get him <laughs> challenging work at JLB. Mark is relishing in his promotion to senior credit manager, but he's about to get the shock of his life when life at JLB is flipped upside down. So, what do you think of the Series 6 opener?
1: I just wanted to start by saying it was only in between Series 5 and Series 6 that I discovered that Tom writes the synopsis. (laughs) I presumed he pinched it from IMDB or from Netflix And when he starts off by talking about Jeremy's Winkle I've now established that he is actually writing these himself Yeah Um, I think it's a really, really good episode I think we talk every time like Oh, this is where it really hits its stride This is where it really hits its stride But I think Series 6 And I've been stuck in quarantine for the past few weeks So I've watched a lot of Peep Show And I watched Series 6 through twice Ready for recording I think it is one of my favorite series if not my favorite series possibly with the exception of series 4. I think it's my favorite series as a whole.
3: Cool. Out of any of
1: the out of any of them there's just so much that happens and I think we were talking before we started recording I think this episode could have been split into two. Like it's such such good content and incredibly um meme heavy. I looked back through yes. some of the scenes and I was like that's a famous meme that's a famous <laughs> yeah. meme I was like so it's obviously got some long lasting content but yeah i really like this episode yeah i think you're right
0: that it, it could have been a two-parter which perhaps isn't very peep show but that you know the the demise of jlb could have easily been a whole thing and then the fallout and the uh the campaign group could have then easily been yeah the follow-up yeah, one yeah. um so it's a testament to you know sam and jesse because that's Quite a skill to pack so much into one episode, and the writing is really tight in this one. Like you say, lots of good, memorable gags and bits and things that we all remember. And you know, for a first episode of a new series, like you definitely want to hit the the ground running again. Cool, yeah. So, I think a really strong opening, and considering you know, that last series ended on sort of a bombshell with Sophie um although perhaps we kind of saw it coming as that episode went on um but sophie being pregnant kind of changes the the dynamic um of the show a bit and we know that just like the the lead-up to series four was all about leading up to the wedding we know that series six is going to lead up to the birth of the child yeah absolutely cool all right uh yeah so let's actually get into the, (laughs) the topic of the episode shall we so we open in the flat with Mark, Jez and Hans and Hans is doing some removal work as Mark's using his newfound senior credit manager wealth to upgrade their sofa. Yeah, and Hans', is, Hans
1: is opening line gets me every time when he's like, he's a big bastard. <laughs> and the little response that Mark has with him where he says, maybe I can break it down, cut it down to size, I've got an axe. And Mark's yeah. like, an axe? And Hans's response... Every time Hans has these sort of like low-key, really just
0: off-the-cuff remarks, he's like, just a hand axe, Mark, not a felling axe. And so yeah. that makes all the difference. And he, he always seems to have it with him, apparently. It's like, I'll just nip downstairs and get it, like some kind of deranged killer. Yeah, and I
1: think this is... like We don't really see much of what Hans is doing for work up until this point. And now he's doing an odd jobs for Mark and this whole the men with Ven. Yeah. Um, situation, and then by the end of this series or the beginning of the next series, he's then doing plumbing. He he's like getting, the, the, he's getting Trojan to help yeah, him with exactly. the plumbing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, very like, weird. What, what What are you doing? And then by the end, like series seven, he's then got a proper job and everything. Like his trajectory of his employment <laughs>
4: is just bizarre. I could help for a little sweetener, fiver, a fee. Oh, well, I suppose you never really sat on that sofa much, did you? Maybe just for about 100,000 hours. And I suppose you won't sit on the new sofa much, either. I just need money, Mark. Yes, well, I don't want to pay you for domestic
2: chores. That's why I'm abusing my management position to get you challenging work at JLB. I don't need to be challenged, Mark. I just need something to do in the mornings. Some purpose. Tired of staring at my own winkle all day.
1: (laughs) Which is a change of heart from back in Series 2 when he was shagging Nancy and he made the comment of like your job is going to work my job is having sex yeah very true <laughs> although he's not having sex he's just masturbating no. all day
0: <laughs> well, he had a brief stint as a professional masturbator as well when he was doing his sperm donation he did for all of one episode yeah he did <laughs>
1: um, but yeah Jeremy's adamant he doesn't want this doesn't want this new job but he looks like he's taking it um, and mark is sort of ignoring the fact that jez doesn't want this job and is more again worried about what hands and i don't think i'd trust hands
5: to bring in a sofa for me
4: And careful bringing a new one in chipped paintwork and abrasion to the upholstery will result in deductions
5: yeah 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 terms and conditions apply this energy drink may cause anal discharge etc
0: <sighs> and jeremy internally is sort of mocking mark and he's saying like hasn't got a girlfriend so he buys a new sofa You can't fucking a for Mark. Take it from me. (laughs) "Mm, Like, How is that working exactly? Is that sort of humping the bit between the cushions, perhaps? And
1: I I like the fact that Mark seems to have just... He's given up on Jeremy's bullshit of, I can't get a job. I don't want a job. Like, I can't believe you're going to be such a bastard and make me get a job not in the media. Yes. Like, just get a job. You need to pay rent. You need to sort your shit out. Um, And he's just... He's quite mocking. He goes on to say something about, like... um, Because Jeremy says about uh, the suit sapping my vibe. Yeah. And Mark's like, oh, why don't you go and get a job at that giant beanstalk? Like, (laughs) why don't you go and catch the golden eggs as they fall out of the giant's chicken? (laughs) Um, So Mark has clearly just had enough of... Yes. Jeremy's fucking his life
0: up. Of course, this isn't the the first time that Mark has tried to get him a job at JLB, of course, though. If we go all the way back to the second episode, Jeremy had that interview at JLB. (laughs) But uh, we all know how that went. That was a bit of a car crash. But I guess Mark's now in a position where he can essentially bypass that... Um, Yeah, we're about to see um, shortly a phone call where Mark sort of pulls the strings to to get him the gig.
1: But Jeremy's Um, got absolute horseshit. Like when Mark says about the giant beanstalk opening, Jeremy's like, I mean, there weren't any jobs when I didn't want a job. And now I do want a job. There are like no jobs, not just like there aren't any jobs, but there are totally, quite literally <laughs> no jobs. You're like, Mark's literally just offered you one.
0: <laughs>
4: <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> you have got a job lined up. It might be a phone pig or whatever Mark refers to him as, but he's going to pay minimum wage. It's going to be better than doing nothing and staring at your winkle all day. Exactly.
0: Yeah. And I suppose we should acknowledge as well, like the time that this is set, you know, this is in the sort of the fallout of the economic Depression of two thousand and eight, so job scarcity was very much a thing um, in England. But you also wonder, you know, like you touched on, is it just you know Jeremy's lack of job beforehand is mainly because he only looks for leading music producers and musicians. Well, what did he work
1: as at the um, the music studio? He worked as like a music assistant, music runner assistant, or something. I looked it up, Um, but. And also, we've got to remember, Jeremy was the person who spent like 500 quid on doing the um, the cult, joining the cult. He's like, best. F- I'm going on my course, and he's
0: like, it's the best 400, 500 quid I've ever spent. Of course. Yeah. And
3: you're like,
1: you've got no concept of money at all. No,
0: especially as mummy's nest egg. Had presumably dried well. Yeah, exactly. Hmm, interesting. But Hans has a solution anyway. Of course he does. Yeah, he chimes in and says that you should get a van. Because then you're you are a man with a van, and if they teamed up, they could be men with a van.
1: Well, he says it's like it's, you've got it's like you've got an MBA, but you've also got a fucking van. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, and so he just yeah, Hans is sticking with his sort of jack of all trades, master of none attitude. Jeremy, well, by the end of the episode, Jeremy is is joining in with him, isn't he? Of course, He's part yeah. of the, part of the men with Ven. Um, but Hans isn't really there to try and persuade him to take it on. He's found some stuff in the, in the quagmire of wherever he's tidying, tidying, <laughs> and found this bunch of stuff, which Jeremy's quite hopeful is sex or booze, sex stuff or booze or yeah, drugs. Yeah, which um, I think,
0: yeah, Hans probably wouldn't be sharing that with you, mate, if he'd found it. <laughs> no, and
1: Hans says, no, it's it's baby shit. What? Why'd you bring that in here?
5: Well, you two are on some baby tip, aren't you? One of you is the father of Sophie's Jerry Springer baby. We're not doing baby. There'll be plenty of time for the baby later. The baby's too big. You, you can't look
2: at it, Hans. It's like the sun. Yeah, that's the policy. What's in there, anyway? Baby shit. <laughs> so small. <laughs> no, no. No, thank you. But put it under the bed, Jeremy. OK, yeah. It's going under there. Right. It's under there now. It'll be safe under there.
1: And I wonder how many conversations in the... Sort of intermediate period between the last episode of series five and this one, how many conversations have been about the baby? Because they quite openly establish in that final episode that Jeremy basically says, We're not like one of us is the father of the baby, we're not talking about it. Yeah, that very much seems to be They literally have the conversation where they go, and like, and if Sophie continues her downward trajectory, like maybe we'll just end up adopting like a couple of gay dads. (laughs) Yeah. So they've clearly established, right, we're not doing it. And, and yeah, so Mark, after they've sort of established the baby's not happening, Mark does this incredible... And I realise that I do it sort of subconsciously now. Okay, keys,
4: change, wallet, phone. <coughs> okay.
2: Jesus, you are something else. Thank you very much. He took the insult right, as a compliment. Now, Shit, he could become invulnerable. And I
1: don't know whether he would have done that before he's now, like, the manager and the, the big dog. And whether it's just him sort of lording it over Jeremy, which Jeremy clearly thinks it is.
0: I'm not sure if Mark generally took it as a compliment or whether, yeah, he's just doing it to to wind him up or not. It's, it's kind of unclear to me, but it, it works. Yeah. Great defense. And it's a great defence. And I sometimes do it. And I do it in
1: conversations with friends and do it in conversations with my wife where she'll say something that I know's a dig. And I'm like, <laughs> great, lovely. It's just like... Not a little nibble on that at all? You're not going (laughs) to bite at all on that? But what I found surprising is that Mark then gets his phone out to make a call. He says, I'm going to take off my flatmate hat and put on my much larger new JLB manager's hat. And I presume that this had all been lined up, that Jeremy had a job...
0: Exactly, and he
1: then makes the phone call, and he sort of does the whole like, "Listen, buddy, can you do me a favour and take a punt on a grunt?"
0: Yeah, Mark turns into such an asshole in this moment. Yeah, <laughs> so my
1: first my first role that hasn't been just a shit muncher in amongst the office, I've now got exactly. A it's not even role. been one day yet. He's not just started. He
0: started. Yeah, and he's already like abusing power.
4: Hi, Colin. Listen, buddy, could you do me a favour and take a punt on a grunt? Yeah. Farmyard fodder, a day player. No overheads, no holiday, no contract. Cut and shut, a phone pig. Ha <laughs> ha! Exactly. Cool, bro.
0: I think I wonder if it's that he's, you know, taking the learnings from Johnson and it's the... All yeah. those phrases are the sorts of things, like it's the, the milk until they're dead sort of yeah. mantra, like, coming through. And Have I think... you
1: ever worked with anyone who has had, like, this sort of pseudo-management, not the Johnson style, but this sort of way that marks behave when they've been promoted
0: now I haven't
1: no I've, I've had like not anyone that I've worked with directly but I've had sort of friends who have been promoted not been promoted from like just a, a, a sort of a, a lower position to a massively high position but maybe one step up and all of a sudden they've been like almost like click your fingers get this done get mm. this done I'm like who the hell do you think you are <laughs> like we were equals <laughs> <laughs> you were, like, they were, we were equals a couple of weeks ago and now
0: you're yeah, like lording to, it over people. Yeah, lose their respect of everyone.
1: And its I do get it, You have to earn that respect. Like you have to... Johnson might be an exception. I imagine he's always been a pig and he's always behaved like that. And so you have to have that sort of cutthroat aspect that's got him to the top.
0: Well, I guess because Johnson came in externally, didn't he? So he came in at a high level. Yeah. And it, it, we get the impression that he's, you know, continued to work his way up from there still... Because um, he seems to be like the real big daddy in the UK branch,
1: and you do have to have a certain element of cutthroat nature to be able to be a manager of any company. You do have Definitely. to sort of not care what people particularly think of you. But Mark's only moved up one rank. He's yeah, credit like manager to senior, senior credit, credit manager. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it has meant he's got his own office. Yeah, there are some definite perks. It seems, but you still really don't understand where he lies within the hierarchy. Even of his um, area, like not even within the whole JLB ladder, but Mm -hmm. even within because he's obviously only part of the one aspect of it. You've got like the marketing and sales and all of this part. He's only one part within one of those because marketing
0: and sales didn't merge because Project Zeus fundamentally didn't work. I think as well we've got the fact that even though he is sort of heading up people that are formally at his level, we get the conversation with Jeff later. I realise we're skipping forward a bit, but even though he is Jeff's sort of senior, he doesn't control He's Jeff. not actually Jeff's line manager. Yeah, he's and just he... the manager of those sorts of people. So he's not even the biggest dog in the And the I line can't manager. really work out, out of the characters we know, who he is in charge of. Anyway, we've skipped
1: mm-hmm. massively <laughs> forward.
0: Yeah,
2: so let's wind it back a little bit.
1: So Jeremy says to Mark...
2: Phone pig? You're not going to lord it over me, are you, Mark?
4: Course not. Maybe I could make him wear a little coloured hat like they do with chimpanzees. A cone with a propeller on top. I might tell him it's a first day tradition. So they
1: uh, leave the flat, they, they head off to work and we get introduced to one of my favourite characters, I think, of this series,
0: um, uh, Elena. The lovely Elena. The lovely, lovely Elena. <laughs> so yeah, they arrive at the at the lift, don't they? Is that they're, they're heading off, and uh, Jeremy clocks her immediately and calls her one hot tamale, which is uh, <laughs> a, a phrase I've never heard used no, to describe no. someone like that. Um, so yeah, Mark appears initially sort of oblivious to her. But Jeremy's already sort of trying to work some kind of weird magic. Um, Mark goes for the the general roommate chat and it's like, did you you hear the boiler last night? Like, were you hot? And Jeremy's like, how can I spin this to be cool in some way? So it's like, whatever. I sleep naked, head out of the window. So when I wake up, it's just me and the universe. (laughs) Mark's just like... But how, like, your your bed is on the other side of the room, just immediately, like, poking holes, like, unintentionally doesn't even know that this is a, a ploy. And
1: I can't even picture whether Jeremy's got a window in that room.
0: He does, He yeah. must have it on the
1: back wall.
0: Yes, yeah, immediately opposite the, the door. Yeah. But his bed is then, like, almost by the door, isn't it? It's, like, on the right as you go in.
1: And we only ever see it at night, so we never notice, like, there's never any light coming into that room. Yeah, is I think
0: Jeremy's always the sort, like, the bum that has, like, their curtains drawn, like, 90% of the yeah, time, absolutely. so we, it's never no quite clear, bedroom. but a shadow like me you knows exactly where the
1: window is. And in his monologue, he's saying, ah, the maestro magically made me think of her naked, oh, no, magically made her think of me naked. He didn't even clock her. <laughs> um, and then Mark, it's very indicative of the way their, sort of, their pulling technique or not even their pulling technique, their their flirting technique. And Mark slowly moves his keyboard that was previously unseen. I don't think we'd notice he had that in his hand as he walked out. Um, and he just says, I think she spotted it. <laughs> yep, that's right. Ergonomic management
0: keyboard. Yeah, I love the two strategies here. It just it sums them up so well. And I think with Jeremy, this sort of like sort of gung-ho attitude seems
1: to work. Like, if you think the amount of times he tells people he loves them and he manages to end up getting Mm -hmm. them into bed, doing this sort of, like, I don't doubt Jeremy's, like, Mm -hmm. a lot of flirt it's not flirting as such, because he's not, she's not actually involved in the conversation. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) But this sort of technique may, may, well, clearly does work, because he's in bed with her within,
0: like, (laughs) an episode. It's a funny what yeah, I don't know whether it's just a, you know, by pure numbers, like tries on so many people, it's bad yeah. to work on Sam. Law but of averages. It, yeah, exactly. So it, it, it makes me laugh a bit because he thinks he's being subtle by like planting the idea of him being naked in her head. But actually, it's, it, it's kind of like, couldn't be further away from that, just being like, yeah, I was naked last night. And he's like kind of staring her down a yeah. bit. Uh, whereas Mark's doing the, you know, trying to go like a completely other other route. But it, Jeremy, it also reminded me of the time, um, I can't remember whether it was, it is with Elena later, when he's like, oh, she said fuck. Maybe if I say fuck, we'll fuck. It's literally in this same episode, or maybe in the... No, it's not in this one. No, when
1: he goes, sorry, when he goes for lunch, when he goes, yeah, and she goes, um, I can't think what she says, but yeah. um, and, and, And he gets thrown by it so quickly, but this is one of the first people that we really see him, like... And obviously, we'll talk more about Jeremy's relationship with Elena. And I think we're going to do an Elena character bio, aren't we? Yeah. Um, but I think we. This is one of the few women that we really see him get quite nervous around and, like, with properly and in love with, or at least since Nancy. Yes. Um yeah, I bet you're right. And I think Nancy was such a short lived thing.
0: Yeah, because I mean, Elena's going to stick around, isn't she? she? Yeah. She runs for a couple of series. Is it yeah. Six, yeah, six six because the.
1: It's the it's the beginning of series seven, is not it? Because she disappears
0: That's after right. Sophie oh, okay. has the baby. Yeah, so she's not in it as quite as long as I imagined. Ah, um, oh, so yeah, for some reason I have this idea of Elena, yeah, running for more than one series, but she, yeah, she makes quite a, a big impact, doesn't she? Um, definitely one of the, you know, the, the I think she suits Jeremy quite well, actually, which I'm sure we'll talk about at length when we we break her down. Um, but yeah, it's cool to be to be introduced to Elena. Um, so, yeah, we, we skip ahead to when they arrive at JLB. Mark is sort of giving him a tour of the office and leads him to his desk, um, something which Mark refers to as the field of screams, yeah. which is quite nice. Um, but Jeremy can't believe his luck. Like, Mark's showing him his area, yeah. and Jez can't believe it. He's like, what, all, all of, of it? it? <laughs> and it... it it's funny, like he's also buzzing to have his tippy chair, isn't he? It and is just that person who's, and I've never done office work, but has clearly never worked anywhere proper. Exactly, yeah. It's such a like an amazing reminder to show, you know, how out of touch he is. He's so unfamiliar yeah. to the working environment that something as bog standard as a desk and a chair, yeah. is amazing. Yeah.
4: So you'll just be following the cold calling script. There's a script, so I'll be like. An actor? Exactly, Jeremy. You'll be just like an actor, like Al Pacino or Jeremy Irons. Just tell everyone you call up, hello, you've been specially selected as eligible for our exclusive introductory
2: interest rate. Well, no, not everyone, cos if it's exclusive, then... Oh, my God. It's wheels within wheels. I've been invited inside with the bean counters and the water borders. At some
4: point, he's going to find out what goes in sausages.
1: As though this is some sort of, like incredibly like intricate criminal mastermind. Like, yeah, Illuminati yeah. sort of stuff. And you're like, no, we are just a credit agency who just needs <laughs> to get people to
0: <laughs> get an introductory credit rate. Um yeah, Mark makes that comment as well. It's like, soon he'll figure out what goes into sausages. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jeremy just so oblivious to the, the, the real world. I
1: use that line on social media so often when people make really obvious remarks about Peep Show. I know it's quite demeaning, <laughs> but they they'll might make, oh, I've only just noticed that such and such. And I'm like, yeah, next time we discover what goes into sausages. <laughs> no, that's it. So Mark is heading off
4: to his new office, which looks like a decent sort of space. Out with the artificial limb, the salaryman keyboard, in with the dominator, the Death Star. I don't know why, but
0: this has stuck out with me, calling it the Death Star. I refer to so much of that. When I was setting up, like, all this coronavirus stuff, I had to take all of my gear from the office and bring it home. And um, obviously it's a faff, isn't it? All the different cables and stuff. And so it took me, I don't know, five 15 minutes, not that long, but I put it all together and then I, w- I was online and someone's like, oh, like, you're on. Right. I was like, yeah, the Death Star has been the assembled. <laughs> they were just like, what?
4: Yeah, Dobby, I'll summon her in later. Uh, Dobby, I seem to be having a server problem. Could you have a fiddle? I think the problem is in my pants.
1: And I was just trying to think back to where we'd left off with Dobby at the end of Series 5 and I don't really think, other than the weird date they'd been on and the weird sort of jizzing in his pants that he did in the um, <laughs> in the cupboard. Nothing had really happened between them, had they? And
0: no, when Mark, just before he sleeps with Sophie, he comments about, like, I haven't quite sealed the deal with Dobbs yet, like, technically yeah. still a free man, but you're right, they've been on a couple of dates, had a fumble in the stationary cupboard, yeah. so they're, they're pretty close, but they've had a few obstacles. They have a real
1: up and down in this series, a real sort of up and down Definitely. trajectory. Definitely. Um, but uh, Dobby's not actually come back, um, and he sees Jeff sort of scooting past him, presumably on his way to his to his desk,
0: and he just does this, Oh, Jeff!
3: Yeah.
0: Um, and Jeff's so dismissive, isn't he? He's like, I'm busy, Mark. Like, he's not even... I don't even think he turns to look at him. He's no, still walking yeah. past. Um, and Mark says, Not too busy to check in with your boss,
1: I hope. <laughs> <laughs> and Jeff says... You're not my boss, Mark. Stop calling yourself. This clearly isn't the first time he's done it. In the build-up to... True. In the in the weeks before this promotion has happened, Mark has presumably been going, I'm going to be your boss, mate. Oh, definitely.
0: Yeah, yeah revenge is sweet. Um, and Mark has a
1: quite a good retort, and he just says, "I'm head of a team that contains people of your level. I'm certainly your superior."
0: Such a dick move, though. Just like he really doesn't get the whole people management thing. No,
1: and he? he then says,
0: "I'm on your remuneration committee." Yeah. So fingers crossed
1: for that bonus. Like you don't say that to people. <laughs> you're basically telling him you're going to shaft him. And there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, talk about it just going to your head like mad. It's, it's... So your first day, man. Like, settle yourself in. <laughs> um, and he says in his head, he says, what's funnier, zero bonus or like a humiliating £103
0: bonus? Yeah.
1: And both are very funny.
0: <laughs> yeah, and we just know Mark is petty enough to try and follow through on that, whether he would actually be able to influence his bonus that much or yeah. not sort of remains remain to be seen. But um, yeah, at that moment... Uh, Jeremy pokes his head
2: through the door. Hey, man, can't stop. Just to say it's all going super great down there. You're not leaving, Jeremy. You've got to stay until at least five or it makes me look bad. I've made, like, four sales. I'm zinging. Colin's put me top of the leaderboard. I'm in line for Pizza Hut vouchers.
0: I don't know whether it surprised me or not that Jeremy would do well because he's he's quite charismatic. And I've never
1: worked in sales, so I don't know whether getting four sales in the morning is quite a lot for this sort of company. And you've never worked in sales, have you? So...
0: No. it's.
1: I don't know whether maybe somebody can let us know. I feel like four sales in a morning is quite a lot. For a, for a company who are cold calling, I feel like four yeah. sales in a morning is probably quite a lot. I would agree, yeah. I think. Cause and like, it must be I quite assume... a lot. He's top of, the, top of the, the, the farmyard, he's king of the farmyard. Yeah, he's in line I, for the free garlic bread. I
0: presume he's calling about loans and then they would then be fed through to someone like Jeff who would actually handle it. But yeah, for cold callings, I'm going to get four in. And yeah. uh, we know that, you know, the morning hasn't even finished because there's a reference later that the day was nine till half eleven. So yeah. two and a half hours to get four sales. He's clearly got something about him. Um, I imagine it's quite an unorthodox sales approach. Um,
1: but it's interesting I didn't get the vibe from when Jeremy comes in he just goes can't stop just to say it's all going super great down there Mark says you're not leaving I didn't get the vibe from Jeremy that's what he was saying I thought he was just basically coming to check in with his dad and let him know that it was getting on <laughs> right. I,
0: I suppose Mark has such a low opinion of yeah. Jez in the, the work related arena that yeah, quite he possibly. would take it as, as literal but I would, I would have loved to have seen I checked for uh, deleted scenes or extended scenes to see if we could uh, have a glimpse of Jeremy making a sale and there is a deleted scene which I will talk about later but unfortunately Jez making a sale isn't one of them Um, so yeah that's unfortunate Uh, but they're interrupted by the fire alarm going off and Mark sort of Rightly, sensibly, he gathers his coat, I think, and uh, and heads to leave.
1: And he doesn't go, oh my God! (laughs) Like, he has a perfectly natural reaction. And Jeremy's like, oh God, look at you, like, frightened little mouse. (laughs) It's a perfectly natural reaction, I'm grabbing my coat to go outside. He's not screaming the place down, he's not doing, like, what Gareth does in the office when the fire alarm goes off. (laughs) And he does this, like, everybody out, come on, come on, come on, come on! (laughs) Like, it's a completely, absolutely fair reaction.
2: What's... Fire alarm. Oh, God, look at you. What? Frightened little mouse. It's a fire alarm, Jeremy. Oh, yeah, right, like there's a fire. There's never a fire, Mark. It just doesn't happen. I mean, maybe in a film, but... So what, there's never been a fire anywhere? Not in an office in England. God, you're pathetic. Ooh, fire. Please don't burn me or my possessions. I'm so important and flammable. Is this a test? No, not a test. Come on Mark, fucking I'll get your elbows in, it's all gone backdraft. What
0: I love about this is just like, you, you know it's gonna happen, and the, just the longer that Jeremy goes on about like, oh, like please don't burn me. Like, God, you're pathetic. Like, yeah. like a pathetic little field mouse or whatever. The, the second that Jeremy like goes on and on and on, like, you know, it's just going to be legit. And then Jeremy's immediately going to have to backpedal and be like, Shit. come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they, they gather
1: in the car park and here begins the, the sequence of about four or five shots that are just very memed um, on social media. Now you get like the chance to be a fine thing. Then the Johnson standing on the the box, then the, like the last last beamer outside gone are all things that are really heavily used like social the media, wise, and, like yeah. gifts of them and stuff. <laughs> um, so Mark sort of finds his way out there, and there are lots of people already out there, and he's sort of trying to find out from people what's going on. Dobby comes up with quite a sensible solution from what she's heard. She's like, there's been a rumor that there's a like a test, but there's somebody who's saying there's been a fire in the fire in the kitchen. Yeah, like perfectly plausible. Jeff's just
0: there to be a wanker. Yeah, any opportunity to sort of make a dig at Mark or yeah. something, and he yeah. just says,
1: "The maintenance maintenance man's pulling his put in the porter cabin. <laughs> Come on, your your management, Corrigan, sort it out." <laughs> um, and this is where like all of Mark's pseudo like um, I've got my my keyboard. I've got my power trip over people. When it actually comes to it, I've got no power whatsoever. I'm not third in command, although he seems to be, everyone seems to be looking towards him as the next person below Johnson.
0: Yeah, I guess he's just, yeah, then the nearest person who's in a senior position, as though they all seem to be gathered, like those loan managers. Yeah, maybe Bobby, they're all I there guess. together. And yeah, Mark's the most senior lot yeah. out of Because you've bear. got,
1: like, Lisa's out there, um, Jeff's obviously out there, Dobby's on IT, so she's slightly
4: different. Come on, your management Corrigan, get it sorted. Right. <laughs> Charles will be a fine thing. That's the thing people say, isn't it? Apparently, the reset code needs to be authorised from Frankfurt, if you can believe it.
2: Mark, can't you reset it?
4: Charles will be a fine thing, Lisa. I know what we should do. Coffee run. Corrigan, 200 lattes.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: G- good one, Jeff. Charles will be a fine thing. A, a, a fine thing indeed. Hmm, saying that too often now. Uh, everything's under control. We're, we're, we'll have it all sorted.
0: Soon as, quick as. Well, funny about that is that, like, like you said, it's all one thing when like he plays the big man when it's on the phone getting Jeremy like pulling the strings to yeah. get him a, a job. But actually, when people have like quite normal questions, like you look to the sort of senior leadership yeah. like in a, an event like that, and he just has absolutely nothing. He just sort of like melts down into this and little boy. And there can't
1: boy. be many companies that where this happens, where you literally lose your job. Midway through a shift. Like, where the whole company... No. Like, I was thinking about it, and I remember at the time... um, Watching this episode around the same time, and I don't want to bring up sensitive conversations... But, like, bringing up when you... Obviously, when you finished working at Thomas Cook...
0: Yeah, um, no, I was going to talk about it.
1: You knew, before you went
0: into work... You you weren't in work when you found out you lost your job. You found no. out, I mean, you found out through BBC News. I did find out through BBC News. Yeah, a little insight for anyone. Um, but you you weren't in work. It wasn't like you got chucked out of your building. No, no, it was different. I I think yeah, this is particularly rough. I mean, Johnson here's the beginning of his speech. He tries to put a positive... I mean, you can't put a positive spin on this because, you know, what he says 10 seconds later is awful. But he's saying... He's hinting that, you know, conversations are ongoing. Like, things are sort of... You know, you're going to hear a lot of rumours. But, you know, we're we're doing everything we can. Oh, but by the way, I should let you all know you're all officially... It's
1: typical politician speak, isn't it?
0: Yeah, and it just hits them like a train. Um, I mean, you just see the stunned faces, don't you? And Mark's head sort of... You know, his mind starts racing obviously he's gutted and i I can relate in that your mind just goes at a thousand miles an hour and thinks about all the things that this is going to impact he immediately thinks about the new sofa he's just bought like shit how am i going to pay for that all these random things come in like he's only just got into the position that he's wanted he's sort of smashed the glass ceiling with his greasy pole and he's finally got what he wanted and it lasted all of Half a morning, it seems. Yeah,
1: and like, but it's interesting that he goes straight to. I've just got a new sofa. Like he's presumably got a mortgage on that hat on that flat. It's a funny one. What was your first thought when you found out you lost
0: your job at Thomas Cook? I don't know. You almost can't. Your mind does go all over the, the It's place. like the sun, it, you then, can't look at it. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it kind of was. And then you sort of think, hang on a minute, actually, shit, this isn't just, what am I doing right this second, it's, hang on, yeah, I had a mortgage at the time, so I still do. But you think, hang on a minute, like, I've got all these things to pay. And you had suddenly, a wedding that you were building Yeah, exactly. You. And you think, Jesus, like, the money's just like that. Like, you know that, although at the time, because Thomas Cook went into liquidation, didn't even know if you're going to get redundancy, and that all had to go through the government schemes and things like that. Um, So, yeah.
1: Well, and that seems to be a similar situation here, and we will talk about it as we go further through. Like, it doesn't sound like anyone's getting any severance pay.
0: No, because Johnson sort of hints later, like, you know, that this, the talks of, there might be a bit more money for redundancies if all of this quiets down. Yeah, and and he says,
1: oh, people will get what they want. And he says, no, but you'll get what you want. So I'm suggesting, presumably the management people are going to get paid off.
0: Yeah, but I I think it's just so rough being... And I'm guessing it was Johnson who pulled the fire alarm to get them all outside. And just to do it that way. I mean, I guess we can't be that surprised by Johnson. It's very much severing But how
1: else do you do it you need to let all your staff know at one time. You can't be going around going, just let you know the, the company's shutting down, just so you know. Because how no, quickly that spreads
0: around? You, you gather everyone. You don't make them evacuate the building and then lock the door behind them. And it's just ludicrous. Like I know there's no good way of spinning it, but this is not the way. I mean, I. This, the story of me at Thomas Cook was, I wasn't even there. I think rumours started about two, so the Thursday, Friday... But I was on annual leave. I was a friend attending a friend's wedding. So when I left on the Wednesday, I was just like, see you all on Monday. Yeah. And then a couple of rumours started coming on the Thursday, and then apparently on the Friday, people were like, oh, see you on Monday, if we're still here. And then Sunday night, all the outlets in the media were sort of saying, oh, like, it's right on the ropes in the yeah. next six hours or whatever. It could go under. And I remember talking to a load of people on whatsapp like shit what's happening and in the end i was like i can't do this anymore so i just turned my phone off and went to sleep and i think it was announced at like two in the morning i woke up to the notification on sky news or bbc news on my
1: phone at like yes. 5 36 in the morning and i thought i need to text tom i presume tom already knows and my wife stopped me and she basically said if he doesn't know you don't want the first way that he's finding out to be a text from you being like... I'm not going to be like, wait, you lost your yeah. job. I'm going to be like, oh, mate, I'm so sorry. Yeah. But even so, you
0: don't want that to be the way that you found out about it. Um, yeah, but even, I didn't want to find out to be fucking uh, BBC News. Like, that is a fist take, I think. And then we basically had to go... We were all like, do we go into work then? Because it was Monday morning. Yeah. And it was like, do we go in? And it was like, yeah, I guess. There were some people texting around and managers were like, yeah, go in. But the people, like, the administrators had already turned up. Yeah. Like, people in suits. And then at about midday, we were just invited to leave. And this is what's really weird with this. There's no...
1: they. I suppose they don't need to. It's different to, like, yours was an entire... And obviously, we're not comparing the size of Thomas Cook to the size of JLB. Like, they're <laughs> two very different size companies. But, like, your whole company was liquidated. Whereas they're just shutting one branch of their company to save the others. Well, that's the, the rumour. Yeah, so that... they're getting rid of the the Croydon branch to save Frankfurt, is what they're saying, isn't it? Yeah. Um. So I suppose it's slightly different that they're not having to bring in administrators. The company hasn't gone under.
0: No, just their branch.
1: And it always surprises me that Johnson doesn't go off and end up being somewhere else in JLB. He doesn't get swallowed up into the Aberdeen or the Kettering or... Even
0: Frankfurt, like. Well, I imagine it's the UK branch, so I don't think there is a Kettering or an Aberdeen anymore. I think it is that entire. Oh, you think UK the whole arm UK arm is arm gone? Line. Yeah. So, but you're right. It, it's funny, like, we'll talk about Johnson a bit later, like, the snake that he is. He's sucking up to them all, but it doesn't get him anywhere because he ends up. It's always ends just up like on his arse, yeah. Um,
1: but I wonder, like, that's because you don't see people going in, you don't see administrators telling, I know it's a comedy, so it's not. Yeah, you can't details. go through the whole procedure. But you do see very quickly they've hired people to come in and start removing stuff because Hans is in there taking stuff out within five minutes.
0: Uh, yeah, well, I think we're led to... Leave. It's about a week, I think, because that, that happens when the oh, <laughs> benefits night yeah. is on, which is a... Week, there's a reference to it being a week later. But yeah, for a week, for them to start then gutting the office, like, clearly, you know. And
1: people obviously then presumably been in and taking their stuff and done all the whole, like... Trudge up to the doors, yeah. Get
0: the stuff. Awful, but yeah, to do it all in one fell sweep in the in the, the car park, is just like Johnson's the sigh of his remorseless. And is very he much that. he does just
1: um cut and shut it. He just says the doors are locked. JLB. Oh yeah, he says JLB Credit UK is no longer existent. Exactly. Thank yeah. you and good night, England. And just fucks off. And he just scurries to the car, gets in the back. His driver's already waiting there for him. Yeah,
0: engine running.
1: Yeah, bang. bang. And Mark says, like, he chases after the car, doesn't he? Mm. He's like, where'd the management go? Alan, wait for me. (laughs) Um, And then in his monologue just says, the last Beamer out of Saigon. and I'm at the mercy of these Vietnamese peasants. (laughs) Please don't put me in a bamboo cage. And you just think, oh, your dreams have just been absolutely dashed. Mm. Um, So Jeremy comes and finds him. And I, it's, he, he really is like a grief thief, isn't he? He really <laughs> does just try and jump on on, on, Mark's, on Mark's grief. He's freeloading on, on his trauma, as Mark says. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jeremy says, wow, that's it? It's just gone tits up. Like, how mad is it? Head fuck or what? <laughs> <laughs> and this would do my nutting. If, if somebody was like, oh my God, how bad is this? I'm like, no, I've been here for years, mate. Yeah. I deserve to be upset. You've been here half a morning. Like, yeah. you can't, you can't Against pretend. Against your will
0: almost as well. Like, Mark got him the job, like, he didn't really have any intention of it. I find it really akin to, like, people who, um,
1: in football, like, if you support a team, sort of the opposite, but like, your team gets promoted and all of a sudden, like, we did great, didn't we, in that fun? I know, I know using we in football, is, <laughs> I hate it, but like, Oh, I'm a massive Peterborough fan. I'm like, no, you're not. Yeah, we've gone to Wembley, so you've decided to get tickets. Definitely. Like, it's, like, don't try and freeload. <laughs> I've been supporting us through the thick and the thin. Don't try and jump on this now. We're doing all right. Um, so Mark's not having any of it, um, and Jeremy says, Yeah, we're going down the Crown for a few drinks." And Mark realizes, like, he's been here all a morning, two anybody, hours. Yeah, already yeah. <laughs> fits in better than me. Um, so they, they, they head down to the pub.
0: Yeah, we opened the shot, like, Mark's just sort of sitting alone initially, sort of wallowing in, in self-pity, which I very much, yeah, can relate to. You sort of, you feel a bit lost. Um, even though he was, like, a complete arsehole at the start of this episode, I do still feel bad. Like, it's still, like, you know, it was, it was, yeah, just less than a year ago that that happened to me. So I I do feel bad for him. And
1: we know that Mark's quite emotionally suppressed. So, yeah. So,
0: like, I know that you said to me at the
1: time... Um, like I hope you don't mind me saying on the podcast like, you were like I was devastated like I was proper like
0: it was yeah. I think it, it still is like the worst day of my life yeah. Think, yeah and
1: you were like I just wanted to sit there and cry basically yeah Um, Mark like Mark doesn't deal with it like that he's just basically like I know this is really raw and it's just happened but he's
0: like you know this is going to hit him like a train at some point. Yeah, it's a funny one. I remember going to a i I stuck around the office for a little bit, sort of say goodbyes to people, and then I went to my parents, because my dad was at home. Um, Alice, my partner, was at work, and it was sort of just like, you don't know what to do, so you just <laughs> run to Daddy. <laughs> um, and I, I sort of just sat there, and we, we had a chat, a few tears on my end, feeling lost. And then I went to the pub, and then already it's funny. I don't know. It's just a British thing, but you start making jokes about it.
1: Yeah, and this is what like I've always said. My way of dealing with it is like, having a laugh. Like if something bad happens, you make a joke out of it, even yeah. if it's a really raw situation. And like, like the, the quickest way of like like friends who've broken up with their partners, and then I've been like, ooh, ooh, <laughs> like. Like quickest way, just take the mic as quickly yeah. as you can, and that's just that's just my way of dealing with it. I
0: think it is a very British thing. It was a funny one because I was just it, it kind of it comes and goes. Like obviously I was I was devastated, but then yeah, you find a few hours later, like you end up cracking a few jokes because it's it's the way that you get through it. But and yeah, I think it is a British thing where you just try and get through it. And that's kind of how they deal with this, and they do this whole skit and and, and
1: wherever they go with it. Um, but Jeremy comes over to Mark.
2: I cannot believe this. I can't. They've really screwed us, man. They've screwed me. They've diddled you at most. It's like JLB never existed. Poof. Just poof. Gone. So sad.
1: So they they look over at the bar and they see Sophie sporting a, a trendy new haircut. Yeah, she's had a fresh trim. I think this
0: is is the first time we see Sophie in this series that she was missing from from JLB. Yeah, yeah, she stood at the bar with a glass of vino. Yeah,
1: and they both sort of acknowledge, well, she has one and then there's a second one appears next to it, isn't there?
4: Ugh, Sophie,
2: alcohol. That can't be good for our baby. It's not our baby. Can you stop saying that? Ouch, another one. You should give her a warning look, Mark. Let's try and give her a warning look.
4: Is it okay, do you think, to get involved? I guess that a bit of one of us is on board that the baby's a bit like our embassy on her territory.
2: Oh let's not have a little piss head, Mark.
1: I feel like this is obviously Sophie has been screwed by Mark big time. We don't really see their relationship after he slept with her.
3: You they seem to be on
1: relatively good terms when when she leaves on that day that she tells him she's pregnant, she yeah. comes in and speaks to Jez and says you might be the dad. And then as she leaves in that episode, she goes, Bye, Mark. See you soon, I hope.
0: <laughs> and, like, you think, oh, yeah, they're probably on cordial terms. Well, like, the thing is, I think, they're sort of, I guess, even now. Because Mark did the horrific thing at the wedding, but she's now... She knows she's... him into yeah. that pregnancy. Like, I know it's it's not, you know, it's apples and oranges, but... I feel like you've got to just sort of draw a line in the sand now, and to be like, let's just move on. <laughs> and, and they're now.
1: never going to get back together. Although, obviously, later on, there is the they, hint that they might do. Yeah. Um But there's, they're, they're just a toxic relationship. But like, sort of bees that just keep getting drawn to the same honey pot. Like.
0: Very much so. Yeah. Th- good th- way. Th-
1: they're just gonna always end up back with each other in whatever dysfunctional way it ends up being
0: well now they're tied together forever with a kid yeah Yeah.
1: but that kind of goes against the point I was leading on to make which is saying this is where you feel like Sophie Sophie's attitudes towards Mark is a bit dickish like I get that she's been accosted by Mark and Jez and she probably feels a bit got at but I always feel from this point onwards, she's sort of turned. And I know we talk about the character trajectory of Sophie. And I think she's a fantastic character. But I feel through this series, she's quite abrasive to Mark quite a lot. Um, like yeah. the driving lesson stuff. The I know I know it's all for the greater good. But I just feel like here, she's, she's quite
0: like, is this okay? Should I have got written permission? I think... <sighs> I think yeah, she's got a point there. Actually, this sort of Sophie is my favourite Sophie. Actually, I think. Um, but yeah, she sort of like kind of snaps back. I think I'm being careful not to slag off Sophie
1: too much because we do have a <laughs> bit of a, uh, a feeling that I am part of the anti-Sophie brigade, which I'm not. I do think she's a really, really great character.
0: But I, I think I think they're right to be concerned, though. Like, she's quite defensive in, you know, she's like, you know, half a unit, one small spritzer. Because it turns out the other glass is for Lisa, isn't it? But I think they're right to be concerned because, you know, Sophie has a history of alcohol abuse and kind of getting in a bad way.
1: And I'm not being funny. Like, I get the idea that you're an adult. She's an adult and she can control how much she drinks. But, like you said, she's had a real issue with alcohol in the past series. Exactly. If I saw somebody having a, a drink, if they were pregnant, that I knew, not just a random in yeah. a pub, I would probably maybe not go and be quite as forth, forth, forthright as, as they are. But
0: it's, well, it's one of their kids, so I think they do have a but right if, to be but concerned. If my, but
1: if my wife was pregnant and decided to have a glass of wine, I wouldn't be like this with her. Yeah, if she made the decision to do it... It's countless. Yeah. Mm. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be doing this in this situation.
0: But I think when they... As soon as they know that it's one small spritzer, half a unit, they kind of back yeah. off. But I think when they see... I mean, I don't think Sophie's going to be there with a glass in each hand, like, naked. No, no, no. But I think they're right to be like, hang on a minute. And like, it's also a spritzer, know... so it's not even... It, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But they don't know that. And I think yeah. they do know, though, that... Sophie, it can be a slippery slope, yeah. and we've seen her as an absolute wreck.
1: And it happens later on when um, she comes in with a bag of weed, doesn't she? Where she's been to see yeah. Elena, and she's got that big old bag of weed, and Mark's like, and he's like, she's like, it's for my brother. It's not for me. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's a very confusing scene. But we'll talk yeah. about that when we get to that.
0: Um... Support for podcast Secrets of the Pharaohs is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-way grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels, and Manscaped just launched their fourth generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0, all across Europe. You heard that right, the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer, 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code PEEP at manscaped.com. So why do you need Manscaped's Lawnmower 4.0? Well, we've all got our own nightmare grooming stories about shaving our nether regions. Whether it's Nick's cuts and grazes or an unfortunate tale involving hair removal cream, it can seem like you're always a moment away from disaster. Not with the Lawmer 4.0. After using it myself, it really does make a massive difference. It's quick, easy to use, and most importantly, I felt safe while using it. With the Lawn 4.0, Manscaped have engineered the ultimate groin trimmer, with their advanced skin-safe technology making you confident to shave your boys. So, if you're like Mark and are worried about your testicles looking abnormal, the Lawn 4.0 can give you the confidence to do something about it and make your balls feel like a million dollars. So go on, start shaving your testicles like it's the most natural thing in the world and get 20% off and free shipping with the code PEEP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code PEEP. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Your balls will thank you.
1: So Dobby then appears, it's a bit like Mark's chickens all coming home to roost. Um, And Dobby just comes and goes, Mark, guess what? and Mark says you, you love me and you want to move to Norway yeah. <laughs> uh, and Dobby comes out with these various um, sort of rumours that have gone out Pete who I presume is skunky Pete
0: yeah um, although we never knew that he worked at JLB did we uh, I think he, he doesn't he attend Mark's birthday but that's later is, on isn't it no back with when Saz was there and he, he invites oh, all the jail beers yes. and he's like meet in the room so I don't, don't think he really even knows Skunky Pete no, that just must be room, where yeah. he's from
1: yeah. um, so Dobby comes and says that Pete's head we're in profit it's the German outfit that's tanking and Stefan's Tries right, to close up the UK to save the mothership um so they have a bit of a back and forth, um, and Mark is using this as his way of trying to get in with Dobby again. And we're like, we can't split up the team. I mean, you and me, and that's as far as he can go. Really. And he looks at Lisa, who obviously hates it. <laughs> um, it would be a tragedy. I can't, I can't, we've got to fight back, we've got to do something. Um... So they decide they're going to do this JLB life raft. Um, Mark in his monologue like, "We've got to set a JLB life raft. Hold Dobby out of the water. Come aboard, shit mate. Let me out of you. Let me get you out of those wet
0: clothes." Yeah, one very nice gesture entirely for selfish reasons. <laughs> well, and that is
1: Mark to a T. I exactly. could literally name so many things that he does with an ulterior motive. Yeah. So they head back from the pub, and Mark and Jess sort of. Stagger back into the back into the house, sort of obviously slightly intoxicated. Mark's coming up with all these fantastic ideas, and it goes from like well, we have a grassroots campaign to yeah, yeah and I uh, write I write my blog and I will write to my MP and I'm like on the one show and I'll do a satirical <laughs> cartoon. It's like we've gone from yeah, we'll we'll start like sort of petitioning them to get JLB going again to. I'm the chair of this.
0: Yeah, I'm going to be a national news story yes. like myself. Yeah, rising out of the ashes. Yeah, it gets in- increasingly less likely, doesn't it? It's like yeah. I'm going to have, we'll have a benefit night, which of course they then sort of do. But when I think of a benefit night, I think of like a black tie event with yeah. millionaires coming in. Not I mean, just to in a pub yeah, yeah, with exactly. a buffet. Yeah.
1: Um, and Jeremy sort of questions it says, Mark, you're going to do a skit? In front of
0: people. Yeah, I love that. That's that sort of that brutal honesty that I think only British friends have for each yeah, other. I yeah. think that's one of the the big things like British and like Americans sort of have this reputation for like building each other up. Yeah. Whereas in Britain it's all about just tearing each other You'd be down. Shit <laughs> <at me. Yeah. laughs> I love it, they're just so comfortable with each other to be like you in a skit.
1: But Mark reveals his ulterior motive for that again and just says, Oh, it'd be fun, I could do a skit with Dobby. And Jeremy says, all oh, right, I get it, yeah. <laughs> the switch of the curtain, the smell of the grease paint, the rub job in the dressing room. <laughs> um, and a Superhand, who we weren't aware was there until that point, just appears, no. we knew he'd obviously been doing a job for them, but you'd sort of forgotten that's the same day.
0: Mm. So much has happened. Um, that yeah, apparently Hans, he says something about it. it's like gone three o'clock. He so says
1: 3.40, he goes, oi oi, 3.40, yeah. back
0: home, slightly pissed. So it's been six
1: hours for him to get rid of and put a sofa in. For all we know, he's been sitting on that sofa having a joint whilst <laughs> okay. they've been waiting. Um, so Jeremy reveals to Superhands what's happened.
2: Guess what? We both went to work and it was brilliant, but then the whole company got
5: shut down and it was mad shit. We're both out of a job. Oh, well, more work for the men with then. Recession. It's supper time for the vanners, dude. All these big beasts going belly up. We're just vanning their shit out. I give my contact a bell. Let's see what bits of the JLB corpse there are they down on. Hands, please. This is hard for us.
2: I feel that something's died inside, don't you, Mark? Uh-huh. Such a weird day for all of us Beers. I mean, the whole thing's gone. Just... poof! Can you please stop doing that? Why? I'm really, really depressed. No, I'm sorry. You're not allowed to be depressed. Why not? Because you're freeloading on my trauma. You're a grief thief. Bollocks. I really felt I was finding my niche. You can't find your niche between nine and eleven thirty. So when did you set the niche finding times? Look, the only reason
4: you're romanticising this job is that you'll never get to do it again. Which is sort of
0: harks back to one of Mark's quotes way back to like basic pop psychology, but pretty much bang on the yeah. Main, which, yeah, Yeah, entirely sums Jeremy up as exactly the sort of thing he was doing. Like I mean he didn't even want this job four, five, six hours ago. Um Although I guess he, he was kind of doing well, like... I don't know, what do, what do you think? Would Jeremy If How long do you think Joe's would have lasted if the company hadn't melted down?
1: <laughs> that was actually a question somebody asked us on, on Twitter. Um, I don't know, I think he'd probably got bored after a couple of weeks. If you think back to his previous escapades when he has worked in an office, he worked for Tony, didn't he? Briefly, yeah. or with Tony, I don't know if it was for Tony. Um, and I don't know how long he did that for. Well, he ended up shagging her after about half an hour. <laughs> so presumably not very long. Um I dunno, I think if he'd realised he was getting money, but he was presumably get paid monthly, so he'd have to work all the way through well not work all the way through, but he wouldn't get paid until the end of that calendar month anyway. <laughs> it's not like a cash in hand type job. Not the men with Venn where they're getting
0: paid. Yeah, them. true. I wonder if maybe if he's earning commission based on sales, that might have I could, I could sort of see him doing well briefly, and then I think when the realisation hits that Actually, you're not an actor, as he likes to think of it. You yeah. Know, you're running the same script over and over and over And also, over you again. might have
1: done six calls and made four sales. That's not going to happen every single time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it, it probably, yeah, fairly quickly unravelled. wondering if you'd have lasted more than a month. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so uh, Hans cuts them off. He returns to sort of introduce them to the new sofa. Yeah. Uh, the,
1: well, he tells he- them to basically stop arguing, doesn't he?
4: Yeah.
0: Um,
1: refers to them as Buy it and Drabble.
4: Yeah, that flew over my head. I probably. had
1: to look it up, but um, basically they were sisters who uh, just basically had a lot on ongoing feud. They're both authors. Okay. And if I remember from what I read, and I read it when I was watching the episode at the time, um, one of them used to use quite a lot, she was a fiction writer, but used to use quite a lot of like autobiographical stuff in her work. Which her um, other sister didn't agree with, I think. I think right. please feel free if anyone knows better than me on
0: that, it's correct? Very, like intellectual reference. But he
1: pulls those out all the time, doesn't he? Yeah, he does have a, quite
0: a lot of like He is an enigma, isn't he? Hans? Well we don't know where he's
1: been. He's presumably been to Germany. He's lived he's lived he's lived abroad, like True. Yeah. We don't know what he's done. He's he is an enigma, as, as you say. Mm, um much. So they um they sort of go through and have a look at this sofa, don't they? Come and have a look at this.
4: Jesus, look at it. Wonder who the Prime Minister will be when I've finished the repayments. An unborn milliband? The Depression is here and my new sofa is a white elephant. It's a creamy elephant. Please don't call it the creamy elephant. I think I'm going to be sick. Hey,
5: Jez, listen. If you're at a loose end, I might need a couple of guys. Do a job, cash it out.
4: Oh, the high-quality
5: upholstery is like a knife in my back. Oh, we need another guy. Hmm. Any guy with hands and arms and legs who might be around to just jump in the van and earn a few quid. Hmm, a guy. A guy who needs a bit of cash. A guy, a guy, a
2: guy. Where can we find just a regular guy? Any guy? trying to think, but I I can't think.
1: (coughs) But I always find this scene really... Not uncomfortable is not the right word, but, like, really odd. Like, it's obvious what they're doing.
0: Yeah, and Mark doesn't catch on, that it's, like... Well, Mark just goes, <coughs> as in, yeah. like, come on, I'm, uh, that's me, not realising that's literally why they're doing it. I know. That. Yeah, I find it weird that, that Mark seems to fall for it, because the, the amount of times that they mess with each other seems to be on, like, a daily basis. And he's an intelligent guy, like, this is clearly a bit of a lampoon, like... Exactly, yeah, yeah. the amount of lampoons they do on each other. I don't know, maybe it's just because... Like Jeremy already seems to be, despite what he's saying, he seems to be kind of moving on already. He's like, oh, I can get a bit of cash from helping hands. Yeah, in the well, band. he's he's twelve years old, isn't he? Like, exactly,
1: he's been given his next meal, when he's like, <laughs> bit yeah, <of> pocket money. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> Whereas Mark's like, shit, my career is at risk here. Like, well, like, the job is gone. But he's like had a career,
1: me, yeah. hasn't he? For all intents mm. and purposes, we only know that he's ever worked at JLB, and we've now known him for like what six, seven years. Mm. Maybe not that long. Uh yeah, yeah. yeah. T- two thousand and three it started and we're now in two thousand. And we don't know where he'd worked before then, but we presume JLB. So he's probably been at JLB a fair while. It is a bit of a mm. like a sad moment. Well he says for ten him. years he's been at JLB. Oh he does, isn't he? Yeah. Um so we move from there to them sitting in this van that obviously Hans has acquired, um and Mark is just climbing back in, isn't he?
0: He's arriving back he's come out of some sort of chicken the, yeah, shop. Like KFC type in place. scruffs. Like it's weird to see yeah. David Mitchell. He's like in like trackies and like a like a
1: rugby top type thing. Isn't yeah, it? like it's a, weird. Yeah, Very... it doesn't suit him at I'm all. I'm not sure if he's
0: borrowed those clothes or I can't imagine David Mitchell or Mark Corrigan owning a pair of tracksuit bottoms.
1: But he had tracksuit bottoms when he went running with Big Sue's,
0: didn't he? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, and that weird polo shirt. It's just uh, it's, See, there's certain
1: people you just you don't see in sportswear, no, and, and so he's alien. one of them. Mark climbs into the van and in his monologue he's saying, How did this happen? I woke up Branson and ended the day ended the day humping shit, cash in hand for super hands. And not only is he humping shit around in a van, he hasn't even got a space in the van to sit. Like you're you're, you're riding bitch, you're in the back. Yeah, the <laughs> and bitch he sits rack. in that weird thing at the back. Yeah. Um and he says, God, hands is my boss. Jeremy's probably my line manager. Um so yeah, he gives the food and they discover that um, he's not even got the right stuff, has he? No, they are few. Like,
0: Hans is so pissed off with him; it's brilliant. Um, and they, they sort of relegate Mark, who was, you know, eight hours ago, he was senior credit manager. Now he's riding bitch with like a puck of gristle. Yeah, as and Hans says, it.
1: "Hans, what does Hans say to him?" He goes.
0: You fucked this order right up, haven't you? Answer, yeah. me, eh? yeah, answer me. Answer me. Answer <laughs> me. And Mark's just like, Yes. Yes, I have fucked it
1: up. Well, then the line where Hans says, he says, Where are my fucking nuggets? And Mark just goes, That must be such a bit. Oh, I've <laughs> dropped about six social classes since yeah, this morning. Amazing. <laughs> um, and so Hans basically takes all the food that Mark had ordered for himself. So like Mark had ordered him a chicken himself a chicken wrap. He's like, I'll have your chicken wrap. Jez can have your chips. You can have this little bit of matter. Little <laughs> <laughs> bit of matter. We have skipped over very briefly just before that. Like Mark comes back in and is explaining the satirical cartoon. And Mark says, yeah, sorry for the delay. Whilst I was waiting, I sketched out a potential invite for the Survivor's
0: fundraiser. So, yeah, I, I hadn't actually looked at the cartoon like properly before, so I've made a point of pausing it um, to have a look at it. It surprised me that Mark is pretty good at drawing. I don't know whether you stopped to have a look at it. Yeah, I did, yeah. So we've got Darth Vader on the left, um, and he's sort of labelled... So he's got Stefan Strauss written on his helmet and JLB across his cape. And then on the right, they're sort of clashing lightsabers. It's a sort of Obi-Wan type. I think that's who it's supposed to be, but it doesn't really look much like Obi-Wan. Which is labelled the wider community, and then obi-wan is carrying which i think we're supposed to get this idea that the wider community is supporting right this okay cat yeah. who is labeled jlb justice league so we've got a bit of like <laughs> crossover Star Wars, yeah. dc crossover stuff going on here and apparently that the, the cat can talk because the cat is the one with the uh, the speech bubble is that the issue you've got with this <laughs> <laughs> and it says if you stroke stroke my down i shall become more than you can possibly imagine um, which is a clear reference to the line Obi-Wan says to Darth Vader says if you strike me down I will become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I didn't get that reference. Oh okay well if you're a Star Wars fan it's the the first um, A New Hope Um, yeah Obi-Wan says to Darth Vader if you strike me down I'll become more powerful than you could possibly imagine. So there's ham-fisted awful contorted puns that are an incorrect, a correct, yeah. incorrect um, <laughs> idiom. And then in, in the middle of it also, it uh, it has um, Mark the Crusader Corrigan <laughs> <laughs> invites you to join uh, the like the Jov Survivors Group or something at uh, at this at the special I think it was, which must be the name of like a, a venue. Yeah, um, it's like a working man's club. It looks like. Yeah, it? exactly. So um, a very interesting uh, cartoon. Um, not sure why a cat, not sure the awful animal puns. I I feel like this is the sort of thing that, you know, Hans and Jez immediately go to pick the whole thing apart. And I think that's exactly what Mark would do. If Jez came and handed Mark this cartoon... Wrong, wrong, wrong. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Um, fair enough.
1: (laughs) So we have the whole debacle with the food and Mark says, oh, for once in my life I've actually done enough physical labour to merit a high-carb meal and all I'm left with is this indeterminate puck of gristle. We don't actually know what they've done. I ma- yeah, I imagine it's just like hauling stuff. But how short notice is that? Like, not if you hire a removal person, you you have to book them. You don't just be like.
0: Just hands and n- yeah, he knows, he knows <laughs> and a guy. He knows a
1: guy. Um, so where did you say the name of the pub was? The special. I think it's the special. Um, I oh know the social. The social. So they've they've headed off to the social, let's call it. Um, and they are um. Just yeah, they're in. A, it's a weird situation. And Mark in his head says, oh, boss of the JLB survivors. Probably a lot of organisations started to back, got started to bag pussy for their leaders. <laughs> Charles Manson and his family, Henry VIII and the Church of England. And actually, over lockdown, I've been listening to a lot of like I know JLB's not a cult, but like loads of like cult podcasts. And so many of them, when you break them down, like. Yeah, that was because they wanted to just basically have sex with everybody that was in their cult. Yeah, they just wanted to have sex with
0: everybody. Yeah, they're fourteen wives. Yeah, yeah, all of this sort of stuff. So he's probably got a point. But um, it goes back to that thing, though, of Mark continuing to compare himself he's to a great leader. And... Yeah, or a
1: tyrant, but also to—he's not a leader. He's a middle manager. Yeah,
0: yeah. like exactly. he's not the
1: head of his corporation. He's—he's he's in the middle part of it. Yeah. Um he's okay, he's the head of the JLB survivors group, but what the fuck is the JLB survivors group? Yeah, yeah. Um so Jeremy comes up wandering over and he says, I've been doing vodka shots with the phone pigs, it's great to see all the old faces. Oh no. It's been a, less
0: than a week, I think we And also did, they weren't old faces because he only knew them for two hours. <laughs> yeah. And he also he's referring to them as the phone pigs. Yeah. Like derogatory term yeah, that Mark yeah. used.
1: Um <laughs> So Sophie appears um, and Mark says, oh, I've invited everybody, Stefan Strauss is coming, but I doubt he'll turn up. Um, and he asks Sophie for the um, her thoughts on the cartoon that he's done. She was like, yeah, I liked it. It's a, it's meant to be a joke, isn't it? And when Mark asks what she likes about it, he goes, yep, yeah, uh, we won't try and get too much out of... Uh, what does he say? I'm not going to try and squeeze too much praise out of that dried up old stone. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Dobby appears,
4: and, um... Did you get a chance to have a look at my speech? Was it okay?
0: Oh yeah, amazing. Martin Luther Corrigan.
4: And, and do you think I should call head office avaricious profit cannibals or mendacious bonus junkies?
1: Well, you're the boss. You decide.
4: Exactly. I'm the boss. I am the boss again. She's obviously been working
1: alongside him. We haven't seen any of the prep work for this skit or anything like that. No, but she seems to be sort of co-running the event. Yeah. Um, so she has read his speech she's happy with what he's saying she seems like an odd person to have like I know Mark's picked her because he wants to sleep with her but like she's just an IT grunt in her words (laughs) and she is now heading up like I don't understand Mark doing it but she's just like yeah,
0: I mean, you're right. I mean, Low it, doesn't down the much, hierarchy. it doesn't make much sense, but it's exactly for Mark's the one in charge. He's the, yeah. the president or the chair, whatever it is he calls it. Yeah, um, president or
1: chair, president or chair. <laughs> so they decide they're going to go ahead and, and start this, this skit. And Mark's standing at the back, isn't he? Mark is waiting, sort of preparing to...
0: Well, this is where the moment um, where we have a deleted scene. Oh, um, Bet- so... on between him making the spinal tap joke... Yeah, and which, then... shout out to that spinal attack joke because I love the, the look of pride that Jeremy has. I know. Yeah, he's like, yeah. that's a spinal tap joke. Like, I know. And he puts his arm on his shoulder and there's a genuine moment of warmth there. Yeah. Like, like that, that was a reference a normal human being makes. Yeah. You go, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so there's a moment, uh, it cuts then to Mark poking, sort of looking between the, the curtain and we can see Dobby with a guitar on stage. And so we rewind ever so slightly, we see... Dobby doing a bit on stage like a performance yeah um and so um this didn't air this is a deleted scene but she's on stage with her guitar and it shows her singing a song that she's written and I've transcribed the lyrics for your benefit if if you hadn't listened to it so here they are I said a one two three four won't work for Johnson anymore five six seven eight I've seen UK and EU figures And they don't correlate. (laughs) (laughs) That's a long sentence. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) she has to like rush through it to get through it. So there is I said a 1, 2, 3, 4, JLB made me their whore. I said a 5, 6, 7, 8, I want the SFO to investigate. (laughs) And then she goes on. I worked for the firm, gave blood, sweat, and tears, but my pay was set by an unaccountable body headed by Pamphrey. <laughs> so it's just this horribly like contorted, like trying to rush through all the symbols in um so it's like uh, i said a one oh is it like a three, hit? Uh-huh. yeah i won't work for johnson anymore i said a five six seven eight i've seen uk and eu figures and they don't correlate yeah, yeah. oh is that how it is yeah. oh my god i need to watch this it's so funny, yeah <laughs> i'll if i'll try and find if i'll get the clip i'll try and include it here
3: I said, one, two, three,
1: four, won't work for Johnson anymore. Said, five, six, seven, eight. I've seen UK and EU figures, and they don't correlate. I said, one, two, three, four, jail,
4: be made me their whore.
1: Five, six, seven, eight. I want the SFO to investigate. I worked
3: for
1: the firm Gay sweat and tears but my pay was set by an unaccountable body headed by Pamphreys
0: um, I think Izzy City does do like stand-up comedy and singing exactly yeah I think this was very much a shout out to yeah what Izzy City does if yeah. people aren't familiar she does do sort of stand-up stuff and she is one of those that brings a guitar out on stage so I think she does these comedy songs um so sort of a nod to that it's kind of a shame it it didn't make the cut but I think you're you're right in the fact this episode is so jam-packed with stuff yeah maybe it would have benefited from being split into two and they could have let moments like that breathe um but she finishes her quote set uh, by saying fight the power (laughs) (laughs) and she gets quite a good reaction um but Judging from your reaction, you weren't that impressed. Wow! I, guess. I don't know whether it was
1: your delivery, but I might have to, I'll have to check it out when we finish recording. So we head back to what actually happened in the episode, and um, Mark is yeah getting nervous. He's sort of peeking through the curtain, seeing what's happening.
2: How do I look? Do, do I look alright? Great. You're going to be great, man. Thanks. I just need the moustache. Yeah. I'm...
4: I'm having a mini wobble on the moustache. What do you think? I, I just feel. I, I'm not trying to associate JLBHQ with the Nazis. That would be reductive. I just want to hint at certain similarities in terms of the unquestioning approach both power structures want their underlings to adopt. D- do you think people will get that? Yeah. Maybe an Eric Honecker, a, a Bismarck, something a little
2: more tasty. Mark, you've got to get the ship munchers on side. Adolf is a guaranteed hooter. Let me Jez.
4: I'm becoming the Führer, the Führer of laughs.
0: Now, I I wasn't familiar with who that uh, Herneker and Bismarck were, so I had to. You've not heard it. of
4: Bismarck?
0: No, I'm ashamed to say because I googled and I was like, yeah, I was actually quite. You've ashamed. got a history A level. I do have a history A level, um, but for those that that um, even if you did do a A level history, and but you're like me, you didn't know. Uh, Herneker was uh, the leader of East Germany. Am I right to yeah. understand yeah. that before the Berlin Wall fell? And Bismarck actually, yeah, I'm ashamed to say I didn't know him. He essentially unified Germany in 1860 something or 1870 something. Yeah, I can't yeah, a couple of years. Um, so he was like the first chancellor of Germany. So an important fellow. Um, oh yeah,
1: Bismarck's like the father, the father of Germany.
0: Yeah, and he also did have a, a pretty decent moustache.
1: Uh, he did have a decent moustache. <laughs> he also had a massive um, ship named after him.
0: Yes, that was the first thing. When I typed his name in, the ship came up first. Yeah, I was Otto like, mm, von Bismarck. Yeah, what but a guy. The, the British sank it. But yeah, so obviously we're going to... Mark gets Hitler'd. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we, we go out on stage for the skit with Dobby. Um, I'm pretty impressed by this skit, I have to say. I, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, Mark goes one step too far and he thinks he single-handedly um, relaunched the satire boom. Yeah. Um, but he's, so, he's wearing his sort of mad scientist coat, isn't he? That's yeah. sort of got, like, blood spatter. He's got
1: his saw in his hand because they're carving up.
0: Yeah, so Dobby is under a sheet, isn't she, that says the, the JLB corpse or something. Yeah. And he's, he's pulling out sausages and hacking yeah. away at them. I mean,
1: very, very
0: racist. Like, the sausages are, like... Well, I... Th- yeah, I get. I actually hadn't thought of that. I just assumed that was supposed to be the intestines that he's ripping out of Dobby. That's how I took it, but you're yeah, right. Stephen Strauss the... is of German extraction. <laughs> it will be treated as a racial incident. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hadn't thought of that. I don't think that's the, the line that they're going down. I think it was supposed to represent the intestines. But yeah, Mark's sort of hacking away at them. It's getting like a really good reaction, isn't it?
4: So, what have we here? An ailing patient, but one who is delivering consistent profits except for 2003. What on earth has happened here?
1: Barbara spunked a grand on the Christmas day. Should
4: have kept that line for myself. She doesn't even know who Barbara is. So, let the surgery begin. Bloody hell, this I'm is great. Re- I've single-handedly <laughs> relaunched the satire boom.
1: So Jeremy comes and feeds Mark's ego even more and says, oh, that was so funny, Mark. Like, people are saying that could be on TV. And Mark's like, no, 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 what a ridiculous idea. No, not under its current guise. It would need a
0: lot of editing. Yeah, and editing I technology. love the, the false modesty from Mark. He's like, oh, no, stop, stop. But, like, keep, keep saying more nice things yeah. about it. Um,
1: and Gerard appears and says, and Stefan Strauss is here for it after all. And Mark's face <laughs> just goes what
0: <laughs> yeah morale is falls through the floor
1: so we have a really really uncomfortable sort of introduction to stefan strauss um who i did i will tell you all now did try and contact uh, the actor who plays stefan strauss oh, really? to try and get him on for this episode but <laughs> didn't get any didn't get any response unfortunately one thing i did notice just because stefan strauss is only in this episode so we can sort of talk about him uh singly um is i during my quarantine have been watching succession Mm. And obviously written by Jesse Armstrong as well. And they actually have another character and they're just called Stefan Strauss. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I hadn't realised that and I was watching it and I said, that's cheap. <laughs> and my wife just was like, what? I was like, Stefan Strauss is literally the name of a character from Peep Show. He just ripped it straight in.
3: Oh,
1: wow. Um, so Stefan Strauss is quite... Um, He's got quite a lot of humility, and he's sort of come in and said, we wanted to show you the goodwill, we wanted to come in and thank, say thank you from the Frankfurt end for what well, you've uh, done. He's kind of like the smiling
0: assassin, I think.
1: Oh, yeah, certainly, but he's, he didn't have to come.
0: He's already sacked them all. It doesn't really matter. He doesn't need to come and show any... No, people. but it, I think he's come to silence them, hasn't he? That's what he's got. Yeah. He's come to shove the, quote, Nazi gold into Mark's... No, not <laughs> Nazi <gold. laughs> the, the, the lovely, chewy gold, as Mark puts it down not down his throat yeah. and uh and johnson arrives sort of like a, at his heels he's sort of the lap dog now and i, I want to take a moment like johnson is a shit right now this, this is the closest i love johnson he's one of my favorite characters but in this moment you you just think what an ass i mean he's an asshole like, yeah whenever, but like you
1: but... said earlier he has just like sided he's just jumped onto the
0: mothership he's just been like right fuck you all in croydon more than happy to cut that rope. Yeah. Like, again, it's the analogy of the the, the mountain climbers. Yeah. And he would let them all die. Um.
1: So, Stefan Stress sort of having this conversation. I think Mark realizes. I think he realized beforehand, but this has solidified it that he's gone too far with the joke, as he's frantically trying to sort of cover
0: up the moustache. Um, yeah, there's and this, a brief spell. Wait, I don't. I'm not sure if he remembers he has it or not because they talk for quite yeah like a good 10-15 seconds before yeah he starts like trying to run off.
1: He in his monologue he goes, "Oh God, I'm Russell Brand." Stefan Strauss is lovely. Andrew Sachs. So I presume like our British listeners, maybe our older British listeners will remember it. If we've got any sort of younger British listeners who might have been kids, because this must have been. 10, ten. 15 years? Maybe not well,
0: 15. They're, they're referring to it in 2009. So... Which was 11 years ago. Yeah, so I suppose what's... it
1: could have been like, yeah, getting on for maybe 15 years ago, probably. Mm. Um, basically, what had happened was uh, Russell Brand and uh, Jonathan Ross left mm. some quite unpleasant voicemails for Andrew Sachs, who is a British actor, British comedian. He's best known for being Manuel in uh, Fawlty Towers. Towers yeah. They left some quite unpleasant voicemails on Andrew Sachs's phone whilst they were on the radio. They did it as part of their radio mm-hmm. show. And they're sort of talking about Russell Brand having sex with Andrew Sachs's granddaughter and some yeah. really, really horrible things, but basically it was they were both sacked from the BBC as a result a of it. Quite backlash. rightly. And there was yeah. a huge backlash about it. It was just awful. So it is quite fair and like maybe not quite as extreme as what <laughs> I dunno. He's put a Nazi he's put a
0: Adolf Hitler moustache on in front of a German. It's probably quite offensive. But But I I think the thing there, the the difference, though, is that Andrew Sachs is just a purely innocent victim, whereas Stefan Strauss has shafted the entire UK division of this business. He's a businessman, though. It's what he does. Yeah, but you, you, you expect to face backlash. I'm not saying like the Nazi comparisons and Mark tries, you know oh, All no, he says, says trying to
1: actually compare him to a Nazi would be reductive. That yeah. wasn't what he was trying to do. He was trying to say some of the policies that JLB are demonstrating exactly. similar to those of
0: the Nazis. I think if you if you make an entire company redundant, you have to expect yeah. backlash yeah. like this. So I think that's the key yeah. difference.
1: Um, so they have this sort of conversation where Stefan Strauss is saying like, maybe we can talk when you've taken off your costume I understand it's a difficult time for you Mark's trying to backtrack and sort of saying it's Goethe and Thomas and Thomas Mann and Boris Becker that I associate with Germany, but you can't really do those in the costume. So it's <laughs> really <the> awkward. <laughs> yeah. um, so he says, "When you're done, come and have a chat. We can um, we can discuss things." And Mark says, "Ah, oh, into the interrogation room with the Gestapo." Not
0: stop I just normal German <laughs> federal police I love it yeah he spends that whole conversation trying to backpedal and they've not even left the room they've just turned away and he's already like comparing them again yeah to these like fascist regimes. yeah so they pull him in
1: and Stefan Strauss basically says oh Alan says uh we want to have a chat with you about the JLB survivors group it's not looking good you're accusing us of a lot of things that aren't true Um, Or, we're saying, aren't (laughs) true? And Johnson basically says, look...
2: If the campaign were to quieten down, maybe there'd be a few more resources for redundancy. You might even get your bonus. They're going to give us what we want? No, but they can give you what you want.
5: On a one-off basis, if all this unpleasantness was to go away...
4: They want to stuff my mouth with gold, lovely chewy gold. I could pay off the sofa, I could buy the matching chair.
2: I told Stefan you might not have the arsehole for this, Mark. You need a brass ring piece to handle this. The question is can you put a lid on the squid?
0: And Mark gets a cheque for 15 grand.
2: Yeah. That is a
0: big old bonus. That is. And what gets me though is they just hand him this cheque and there's no. there's nothing in writing. Like, no. for all, like, he could just go to the bank and cash that. And then carry on being and shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I can't help but like Johnson in that moment. I yeah. kind of gone from like disliking him for the majority of this episode for such a like the snake that he is, but that those lines there, yeah, just big time. Out. <laughs>
1: um, so Mark comes back on stage having basically agreed to shut up the, mm. the the survivors group. Yeah.
0: Well, what gets so Dobby introduces him on stage as the Right Honourable Mark Corrigan. Yeah. And if we fast forward a little bit, he. The says honorable that he's man. an honourable man. Very true. Couldn't be the furthest thing from. He's nope. been stuffed his mouth with gold, the and he's shit now on gonna, my shoe. <laughs> he's going to do a Johnson and cut the rope under him and let everyone else go. And, and Jeremy does
1: knee. that awful joke where Jeremy gets and does he move his arm out?
0: He does the hit the yeah. Slope, and he yeah. literally
1: goes, "Hi, oh, Mark!" And you're like, "Whoa!" He <laughs>
0: definitely wouldn't get away with that now. So Mark comes
1: on stage and basically says, "We've tried, we've failed, and we're moving on." And just the noise, the noise that they make is very akin to the noise that they make when Johnson does the announcement that yeah. uh, they're, they're all being made redundant. With a sort of like, what? Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
1: and Dobby calls him out, which I find quite interesting. Dobby goes, What are you talking about? And Mark yeah, says, man. Look, like JLB's a big multinational and it's served us a great big shit sandwich. But what we've got to do is basically eat the shit sandwich, <laughs> move forward, conserve our energy, and over to you Mr DJ and then he just <laughs>
0: scuttles off yeah tries to stuff his face doesn't he with salami I used that for a
1: TikTok <laughs> video this week actually where Mark oh, uh, I'm like when you're trying to avoid any awkward conversations at a family gathering and it's just like <laughs> get to the buffet the safety of the buffet if I can stuff my mouth with enough salami I won't have to answer any difficult questions <laughs> so quite rightly Dobby, Gerard and strangely Jez come over and accost Mark and basically say what the hell are you doing like we're not going to like you've you've you like stitches up here, um, and Jeremy's like, "Where when are we gonna get our money?" And Mark said, like, "You worked at JB for less than three hours. Here's your money, fourteen pound <laughs> 50 <laughs> <laughs> um, Is that happy now? It's like a bit, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they basically say, "Like, did you did 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 they nobble you? Like, did they did they just like get you get you down?" And Mark like, "No, no, no, I really kicked off." Um, and he's still trying to backtrack. He just he is such a fucking snake.
0: Big time. Um,
1: In this episode, he just he can't do right for doing wrong. He's just pissing off everybody left, right, and centre. So Mark's like, "I've tried, I've tried, I've tried. I'm going to do a new cartoon." And Jeremy just bollocks this to Mark. Words and speeches never change anything. Uh, Let's do something. Um, So they all decide. I say all. It's Mark, Dobby, Jez,
0: Gerard, Uh, Jeff. Is Jeff there as well? Yeah, and then just some random bloke. Never seen him before. I don't think I could pick him out of a lineup. I, I, I was watching, obviously, you look with a keener eye when you're doing it for you know, making notes and stuff, and I was looking at the groom. You initially don't even see Jeff at first. And there's just this bloke. And he doesn't say a thing the whole time, but he's an active participant in the, the trash tragedy of the office. It just seems really unnecessary. Yeah. But for whatever reason, there is this random guy there. So Mark agrees to do it anyway,
1: because he thinks it'll get Dobby back on side. He's like, we'll go. The doors will be locked. It's a futile gesture. Yeah, it's fine. But when he gets there, obviously it's not. And Jeremy's like, I can't believe they left the door open. But obviously the doors has been left open, because hands is going in and out of there.
0: Carving up the corpse. Carving up the
1: corpse. Um... So Jeremy and Hans bump into each other and Jeremy says we're here to fuck shit up and Hans is like no 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 Um, and there's a really great thing where like Hans seems to have calmed it down. And Ger- Gerard just picks up something, doesn't he? I don't know what he picks up. I think it's like a printer or something? Yeah, and, yeah.
0: and Hans just snatches it off him and just goes, put it back, bitch, that's JLB's. <laughs> I like when, yeah, Hans is like, uh, no, you need to go through the appropriate procedure. Yes. It's a good procedure. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so, like, not Hans. If Hands is on the other side... Yeah. He would be all for trashing that office, But they all run past him anyway.
1: But all oh, the whole way through this scene, Mark is trying to say, no, 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 right, we've done enough now. It's all futile gestures to be like, right, we can show you that I've joined in with this. Let's go. Oh, yeah, um, I'll grab
0: my keyboard is the thing. Yes, yeah. Just
1: yeah. Look, guys, I've got it. Let's go. <laughs> um, and it's just getting worse and worse. Um, and he, Mark even says in his head, there's a nuclear reaction underway. Like, this has just gone past the point of no return. Yeah. Um, Jez with his shirt off. <laughs> yeah, he's like, why does he always wear a shirt off? Um, and Mark says before that, in his head, he says, like, as he realises it's a nuclear reaction, is what he says, he goes, but I can be a cooling rod. They're the hard spirits. I'm the carbonated mixer. How can I distract the savages? <laughs> Keyboard, apparent crusade for justice, Reduce risk of RSI. Um, RSI at home. <laughs> Double bubble. Um, but it's just not happening. And then Mark ends up with this weird foam war.
4: Oh god, got to respond. She's got a cock. Need to get a cock of my own.
1: Suck on this. Take it, foam face!
4: Dobby's hard-on's coming all over me. This is my dream. My nightmare.
2: Eat my foam, baby! Eat it off! Never foam alone! (laughs) Foam home!
4: Oh, this is better than sex. (laughs) It's easier than sex.
0: The amount of times where there's some sort of like when he was the the mannequin. The, yeah. the dirty statue, there's so many of these things yeah. where it's like it's kind of like a horrible metaphor for sex and yeah. he actually yeah. prefers it. Um
1: so Gerard and Jeremy then wheel the photocopier out of the way and launch it down the stairs, mm. don't they? Just as uh, Strauss. And Strauss Jackson. and Johnson are coming back up. And to shred documents. <laughs> yes. like dodging Yeah. Man? Um and quite rightly, they're like, Mark what are you doing here? Yeah. And Stefan Strauss, or Mark says, Stefan, what are you doing here? <laughs> so what the hell?
0: Um, and I think at this point, Mark just has to, the only person he can save face with is Dobby. Like he's, he's caught red handed yeah. with Strauss. So he, he tries to say, you know, oh, you know, doesn't don't give a shit if you're insured for all of this. Like yeah. are here to fuck shit Well, up. he says,
1: doesn't he mean obviously we're fucking everything up and the fact that we're probably insured for all of this doesn't make a blind bit of difference to us. Um, and Stefan Strauss just leans forward, takes the £15,000 check out of Mark's pocket. Why put it in your front pocket? If you'd put it in any pocket that had a button anywhere near it, he would have been fine. <laughs> um, so he takes it off him, and in his internal monologue, we get a great ending to the episode, and Mark just says,
4: Well, got Dobby, but there goes the Nazi gold. Back into the
0: vault with all the Rembrandts. <laughs> and then we get, yeah, we get the theme and that closes us out. A very, very good uh, season opener for me. Very indeed.
5: Fancy a punt on the quizzy? Shit a bit of data out of that bunged up brain box. I'll do the buttons, do the answers.
0: Right, it is quiz time. It is a bumper question to welcome us back. It is ten questions... Oh, I'm excited. With a range of difficulty. Uh, I think we've touched on a few of them, so we'll see how you get on. Listeners at home, if you've been listening carefully... Get your paper, paper out. Exactly. So, let's start with question one. How many hours does Mark say Jeremy has sat on the old sofa for? Ten thousand. Oh no, a hundred thousand hours. If I was a bastard, I'd have to accept your first <laughs> answer, but I'll, I'll let you have it. Hundred thousand is correct. Question two: When Mark does his little get ready to leave flat ritual, what are the things he does that to check himself? For? Do
1: you want them in the right order as well? Uh, so yeah, he does. Be preferable. He but. does. Hang on. For listeners, I'm I'm reenacting this. Um, <laughs> he goes.
0: Keys, change, wallet, phone. Correct. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> Number three Which two people Does Mark mention When Jeremy Compares the job To being an actor So when Jez is like Oh, oh following yeah Following the script It's like I'm an actor
1: Al Pacino And uh,
0: Robert De Niro And Jeremy Irons Oh of course Yeah. So half a point there um what is jeremy in line to win as he's top of the sales leaderboard the pizza hut vouchers free garlic bread uh what's the name of the pub that all the JLBers go to the crown down the crown correct uh in his fantasy where he runs away with dobby which country do mark and dobby flee to so when Dobby says, oh, guess what? And he you says, love me and you want to move to Norway. Correct. After JLB goes under, Mark sets up a protest group, of course. But what does he call it? The JLB Survivors Group? Uh, nearly. It's the JLB Survivors Campaign Group. Oh, so come, come Close enough. Right, here's here's quite a fun one that I did. So, before his speech, Mark asks Dobby how he should refer to JLB HQ. I've got three options, and you need to pick the right oh, one. Oh, my God, yeah. So, I've got some multiple choice. I've created some fake ones. So, rapacious corporate whales or duplicitous industry tyrants... Or avaricious profit cannibals or mendacious bonus junkies or acquisitive company overlords or deceitful corporate whores. Correct. Very good. That's quite hard to come up with those alternatives. (laughs) To come up with those sort of like... You've got a degree in creative writing. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) I I definitely had to use it there. There's some lovely words, some lovely language that Mark's using. Um, Right, uh, number nine. During the skit with Dobby how much did Barbara spend oh my God, on the I Christmas knew this was come do out.
1: Barbara spunked a grand
0: correct and an easy one to finish on how much does Strauss and Johnson attempt to buy Mark off for 15,000 big ones very very good you Pretty much, apart from Jeremy Irons, that was the only thing you missed out on. And then the JLB survivors uh, come home. Yeah, yeah, I guess I'll give a half of that. But a very good performance there for the first quiz back. You're clearly paying attention. Um, right, that wraps us up for episode one of series six then. So thank you very much everyone for joining us as we're, we're starting up again. Uh, really good as well to be doing this in person for the first time in five six months
1: and what you um, guys aren't appreciating and you won't get this when we finish when you listen to this episode is the amount of times we've messed up and there are so many edits that Tom has had to <laughs> do on this episode <laughs> that um, it makes it a lot easier for us to edit and produce the podcast when we're in the same room because Tom's not trying to have to do lots of technical
0: yeah the multiple tracks was definitely a bit of a, a pain handy for the interviews but uh for these ones yeah having one track is definitely easier Um yeah so great to be back in person um join us next week then for episode two of series six which is called the test which aims to answer the question on everyone's lips of course which is who is the father of sophie's car crash of a pregnancy and do you know how long it took me to realize that the test they were talking about in this
1: episode is the test to see which the dad is Really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, genuinely I've always wondered until fairly recently why that was called the test. <laughs> Soon you're going to figure out what goes into sausages. Exactly. I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry people on Facebook and yeah. Twitter that I rinse for making stupid comments. Oh, um, and I've segued beautifully into uh, our Facebook and Twitter. I can maybe do a quick shout out to our social media channels. Um, so if you find us on Facebook we are just Podcast Secrets of the Pharaohs. On Twitter, at Podcast Pharaohs. On Instagram at Podcast Secrets of the Pharaohs. And I have recently um, reached the 21st century and have signed us up to a TikTok account.
0: Oh, huge. We're down um, with the
1: kids. So that is
0: at Peep Show Podcast. Lovely job. So yeah, you so can find us, us on out there. there. Rob's doing great work as always on the social. Um, if you're interested, we hinted it at the top of the show, uh, talked about the Patreon. Uh, if you're interested in that at all, there will be a link in the description. So if you're interested in checking us out there, then please do. There are a few benefits up for grabs. Uh, but I think that wraps it up, does it? Yeah, Anything I'm else? buzzing to be back. Can't wait to record again next week. Definitely. Cool, right. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. And as always, thank you for joining me, Rob.
1: Terms and conditions apply. This podcast may cause anal discharge. <laughs>